by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. I'm going to be teaching tonight on the subject of faith. So if you would um, put up there Hebrews 10 and 38. Just be patient with me, I'll find it. Here it is. There's no need in getting in any hurry, is it? Before I read out of Hebrews, I am going to back up to 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. In 1 Corinthians 13 at 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I am becoming sound and brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profited me nothing. Love suffereth long and is kind, love envieth not, Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up with pride. It does not behave itself unseemly, and it seeks not her own. It's not easily provoked, and thinks no evil. Rejoice it not in iniquity, but rejoice it in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. And where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a ter- child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now, it says, about it faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest is Love, But without turning to Galatians, it says, faith worketh by love. I'm ministering on faith tonight, but it's got a lot to do with love because if you get out of love, your faith will not operate. So go to Hebrews 10 and verse 38. It says now this, it says, now the just shall live by faith. Who is the just? Everybody that's been washed in the blood, everybody that's born again, everybody that's a Christian is just. It says, now the just shall live by faith. And it says, if any man draws back, in other words, if any man draws back from this walk, the walk of faith, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, which is paniscious ways of waste and ruin, but believe to the saving of the soul. Now we'll go straight down to the 11th chapter and the first verse. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, by, by it him being dead yet speaketh. And by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now Enoch, I believe he was 320 years old when, um, when he just left. Because it says he pleased God. He was a man of faith, and he just went to be with God, which is a whole lot better. Um, but uh, Enoch, being a man of faith... Guess who his son was? Methuselah. Guess who lived the longest on earth? His son, 969 years. Now, if Enoch had lived, he probably would have been the only man to reach 1,000 years. But he went home probably about six or 700 years early because he pleased God. In verse 6, you've got to understand when, when we're reading this, you know, you can read a book uh, that's written by a man, and in there, what you read may not be, may not be accurate, may even be some, some lies in there. But you've got to understand, when we're reading the Word of God, it's impossible for God to lie. So whatever we read, it's true. Whether you believe it or not, it's so. So it says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So we know the just shall live by faith, and without faith, your life's not going to be pleasing to Him, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to Him must believe that He is. Now, He is what? He is everything in his word that he says he is, right here. He is. And he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Now I'll go to verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen. Now who was Noah? Noah was Enoch's great-grandson. Noah is, is, is in there because Enoch was a man of faith. Uh, Methuselah was his son, uh, Noah was his, his grandson, and it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. He moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So here we got Noah. Noah spoke to him. He told him what to do. He told him, build a boat. He was 500 years old when, Noah, when God spoke to him. He was 600 years old when he completed that boat. So for 100 years, he wasn't moved by what God told him. And see, you can't be moved by what the Word of God says. Circumstances, situations should never move you from what the Word of God says. So he moved with fear. He prepared the ark, and he did what God told him to do. And you can imagine in 100 years of time, the persecution the things that this man went through for 100 years, but he didn't waver because he knew what God said to him. So we know without faith, and remember this if you don't remember anything else, without faith, 
It's impossible to please God. Everybody that comes to him must believe that he is who he says that he is in all of his word, and he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek you. So you've got to understand how important faith is in your Christian life. Now, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, okay? That's singular. He didn't give me five pounds of faith and give Heather, Heather 20. He's no respecter of persons. He gave to every man the measure, singular, of, uh, the, uh, of faith. But here's the thing about it. You have to develop your faith, just like you have to develop in love. It says, now abides faith, hope, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But you have to develop in these things. So go to Mark 11 and 22. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God tonight. If I'm preaching the word of God tonight, and your ears, the ears of your spirit are open, faith should come. It's up to you to receive it. Now Mark 11 and verse 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Or we can say, or have the faith of God. It says, For truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come at the past, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them, and you shall have them. And we move on to verse 25, and he's still talking about the same thing. He said, and... When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your, all, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. One of the greatest things that will hinder your faith and cause your faith not to operate is to get out in your heart against somebody. You see, when we're reading verses 20 through 22 through uh, 26, it's all talking about praying. When you pray, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, you believe. You believe. That faith, when that, the instant that faith is in your heart and comes together with your mouth, it's done. It's just like when you got saved. The Holy Spirit dealt with you, and for that instant, that, that second, that moment, in your heart you believed, and you confessed with your mouth, and when you did, bam, you was born again. All the demons in hell couldn't stop you from being saved. But I'm going to tell you, you know, if things start happening in my life, if I start getting under attack uh, in my body, the very first place I'll go to is this right here. And I'll start examining myself over. If I've examined myself a thousand times, I've examined myself tens of thousands of times. Because the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things. And so desperately wicked, who can really know how wicked it is? I, the Lord, I search the heart. I try to range to give to every man according to his, his ways. Because I have to examine myself to make sure that I don't have aught in my heart against somebody. Because if I do... 
It'll stop my faith dead in its tracks, and it will not work. Now, I want you to go to 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12. It says this. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Okay? Because it's a fight. You're going to have to um, uh, tell the devil that he can't have place in your life. And you're going to have to stand by faith. So you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. It says, lay hold on on eternal life. Whereunto thou also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. I want you to put up there, if you would, uh, put up there Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. The devil does not want you to know what belongs to you. The devil does not want you to know what the Word of God says. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. This is talking about Jesus. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. It's past tense. In other words, it's already been done. Your sins has already been washed away. And the stripes that he took on his back was for you to walk in wholeness. For you to be free from sickness, sin, disease. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of his peace was upon him. And by by his stripes, you were healed. It is a done deal. Healing belongs to you. People say, well, if healing belongs to me, why don't it just fall on me like maybe oranges fall off a tree? I'll tell you why. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It belongs to you, but you're the one who has to possess it. And you're not going to possess it If you're going to be lazy, because if you're going to be lazy, if you're not going to read the Word of God, if you're not going to, if you're not going to pray, the devil's going to beat your brains out. That's just the way it is. You can't be lazy. The just shall live by faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Let's go to Acts, the sixth chapter. I don't know the verse yet, but when I get there, I'll let you know what it is. Acts, the sixth chapter, and we'll see. Verse 2. I'm not going to read all this, but I'm going to give you... uh, um, It says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, 
Look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, which we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and into the ministry of the word. Let me go back and read number one so you can understand why they've done this. In number one, it says, In those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmur among the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministry. So their, he, the, the women was being neglected in the daily ministry. So they said, the apostles said, it's not, it's, it's, we, ought, we ought to not leave the word of God. We ought to be studying and praying. But look out among you seven men full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost that we can point over this matter. So there were seven of them. And we're fixing to look at them, one of them right now, which is Philip. So I want you to go to the eighth chapter and the fourth verse. Now you've got to understand who we're fixing to read about right now was not even called um, a, a preacher. Uh, he wasn't an apostle, but he was called to serve tables. So we're going to look at what he, what he did when he was done with his job that day after serving tables, and he decided he was going to go down the street and witness. Let's look and see what went on in his life. This is Philip. It says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samarian, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. In other words, all he was was a fortune teller. And to him they had regard, because for a long time he had bewitched the people with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. But when we back up to verse 5, it says that Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Verse 7, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that was possessed with them, and many taken with the palsies, and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. And then in verse 12, it says, But when they believed, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, wondering, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto him Peter and John. So here in verse 12, it says they believed and they were baptized, okay? But three days later, the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God and sent unto them Peter and John. And when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. They were saved in verse 12, but in verse 15, it prayed, he said he prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For he was yet not fallen upon none of them. They were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, 
saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I, I lay my hands, he might receive the Holy Ghost. So Philip, he decides one day after he's done serving tables, he's just going to go down the street and start witnessing. So he goes down there, and he's filled with faith. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. He fills with power. And demons started coming out of people. People started getting healed. And you know, that's the way that it ought to be with the church today. I want to go to, um, um, I want to go to Mark, the 16th chapter, and uh, the 15th verse. Mark 16 and 15. We're still talking about faith. 16 and verse 15. And it says, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following when Philip went down and preached in Samaria, here's what happened. He went down and he preached the word, and the Lord Jesus confirmed the word that he preached with signs following. It says, they that believe in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick, they shall cast out devils. And in John 14 and 12, you can put that up there. John 14 and 12, it says this. This is Jesus. 14 and 12 says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. When we read in Mark, the 16th chapter, it says, they that believe. It says here, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go on to my father. You know, I hear a lot of people tell me today, I, I talk to a lot of people, and they say, well, this has all passed away. I said, when? I said, what year did it pass away? What month did it pass away? Show me where it passed away. You see, just because the church has got away from the things of God don't mean that God's changed. <laughs> Ain't nothing passed away. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us. It's the same power of the Holy Ghost. It's the same gifts of the Spirit. It's the same Spirit 
of faith. Nothing has changed. You know, this has been... um, This has been years ago, but I'll go ahead and I'll share it. Years ago, I was, I was coming home one day, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he says, I want you to go visit Danny Owens. And I, I know some of you in here, you're nowhere from around here, and you don't know who Danny Owens is. But uh, I know there's probably some people in here that d- does know who Danny Owens is. Well, anyways, he used to own the topless nightclubs in Memphis, and he owned a taxi cab company. And um, anyways, what happened, to make a long story short, a motorcycle gang had come into his place and beat him up, and he was beat up pretty bad, and they were saying on the radio that he was in seclusion, he couldn't be found, and you can't, you can't get in touch with him. But I'm driving down the street, and the Holy Spirit says, y- you go see him. Okay, you know. So I go knock on the door, and the maid comes to the door, and uh, I said, what do you want? I said, I'm here to see Danny. She said, he's not here. I said, you don't understand. I said, God sent me here to see Danny. She didn't say anything for a little while, and she stared at me. She didn't say anything. She just looked at me. And she said, you be back here at 4.30. I'll let you in the house. So I went back, knocked on the door at 4.30. She let me in the house. He was sitting at the table. He didn't know who I was, didn't have a clue whether I was a hit man or whatever. He didn't know. I'm in his house. But see, I'm following the direction of the Holy Ghost. So I got angels watching over me. I'm, I'm good, okay? I'm in his house. He's sitting at the table. His wife's sitting there and, and, and made. And so I started talking to him. I started witnessing to him about Christ, sharing the gospel with him, hoping that he would repent and be born again. He let me talk to him, and he kept saying, I respect what you're saying, but no thank you. No thank you. I knew that I had limited time, and I, I, I knew how much time I needed to be there. And so I said, look, I said, if you'll just let me pray for you, the Holy God will heal you right now. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ will heal you right now if you let me pray for you. Now, I want you to understand something. This faith that I'm operating in right now is not the measure of faith that he gave us. There's nine gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit is the gift of faith. Okay, In 38 years of ministering, this gift has only operated in my life one time. Because I can't operate the gifts, okay? It's only as the Spirit wills. But God sent me there, and the gift of faith was in manifestation. I've heard people teach on what the gift of faith is, and they have no clue what they're talking about. The gift of faith was in manifestation. So I said, if you'll let me pray for you, God will heal you. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ will heal you right now. Now, why? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. When this gift of faith is in manifestation. There's no such thing as doubt. Your head is nowhere around. You couldn't doubt if you wanted to. What you say is going to happen when this gift's in manifestation, it's going to happen. Ain't nothing going to change it. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm there talking to them, and man, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, go, go get channel 13, 5, 24, get them all down here. I want them to see this. Because I knew if he would just let me pray, the man was going to be healed. And so... I asked him again, will you let me pray for him? And, and uh, his wife and uh, maid said, well, just let him. Come on, Danny, just let him. Let's see. I said, yeah, let me. And he got mad. And he told them to shut up. And they shut up. And so I knew that my time was running out. And so as I was standing at the door and I was fixing to leave, 
I said, I'll tell you what, Danny. I won't lay hands on you. I won't do anything. But will you give me permission to pray in your house right now? If you'll just let me speak the words in your house, you'll be healed. He said, no. So I dismissed myself and I left. But that's one of the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And that is separated from your measure of faith that God gave you. When that gift is in manifestation, there's no such thing as doubt anywhere to be found. But you know, it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. I don't know about you. I'm a believer. And I believe, if it's in the Word of God, that it's true, no matter what. And so, I was, um, I'm sharing some testimonies with you tonight to go along with the Word of God. About four or five years ago, I was in, in a golf shop. Uh, I play golf when I get a chance. It's been a while. And I was in this golf place just looking around. There was a guy in there, and, he, and a conversation started coming up between me and the guy. And he was showing me pictures on his phone about his wife that was in the hospital. And at this time, his wife had been in the hospital for three or four months. She was dead. They had her on, a, 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 I guess, life support, you know. But she's in the hospital, and he's telling me uh, about the situation. And I says, it just came in my spirit. I said, do you mind if I go and pray for her? He said, no, I don't mind. So she was in the Methodist hospital down on Union. And I don't know, it was at night. I don't know what time it was. I don't know if it was after visiting hours or not. I don't remember. I just know it was at night. And I walked in the hospital, and uh, I think it was on the fifth floor, but I don't remember. But the, the desk was right there with the nurses and the doctors and the people working. And, the, and that room was right there on the corner, right behind the desk. I walked in the hospital. I walked by that desk. Nobody saw me. Nobody looked at me. Nobody talked to me. Nobody saw me. I walked past the desk. I walked in the room where the woman was. She's dead. She's there on life support. She has no consciousness whatsoever of the fact that I'm in that room. I walked in there. I laid hands on her. I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit operating right now. I'm talking about just faith. Just faith is a grain of musty. Just a little faith. That's all I'm talking about. I go in there because it says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I went in there, laid hands on her, prayed for her, left. I seen him about a week or so later again. He says, you know, he says, she started to show some, some response. She's actually uh, done something, whatever but has shown response. I said, well, good, good, that's good. And so I waited a while. I went back and prayed for her again. Went, laid hands on her. The gifts of the Spirit, not manifestation. I'm talking about faith, just the measure of faith. That's all I'm talking about. In, in the Word of God, okay? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I went and laid hands on her, prayed for her, left. Seen him again. Guess what? She's, she's responding even more. I mean, she can do this that she couldn't do that no more. I said, that's good. That's good. Went back and prayed for her again. Laid hands on her. Same thing. Seen him later. He said, man, I mean, she's really coming around. She's really responding now. She's, you know, she's doing better than what she, she was doing. Now, I can't remember how many times I prayed for her. I think it was four. But I went back again. Okay. Laid hands on her. Prayed for her and left. Guess what? After 10 months, she walked out of the hospital, and they said she was dead. Now, all this was is obedience to the Word of God. 
I couldn't heal a flea. Jesus is the healer. All it is is faith in what his word says. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So she walked out of the hospital after being there about 10 months. I would just assume this. If the gifts of the Spirit were in manifestation, the gifts of healing, working of miracles, or even, even the gift of faith was in manifestation, she would have been out of that hospital a long time ago. This was just plain, childlike faith. Faith is a grain of a mustard seed in what the Word of God says. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If you're born again, you should be a believer. You should be doing what the Word of God says. God hasn't changed. People have, but this has not changed. God wants the church to get back to doing what the Word says. Because the devil don't like it, see? Because he's the thief. It says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says he went about doing good and healing all that was sick and oppressed of the devil. Why? Because he is the healer. He came to set the captives free. The just shall live by faith. You know, Becky White was in here. I call her Aunt B. She was in here one day, and this happened years ago. And she said, look, I got this relative in the hospital, and they said it's curtains for her. It's, it's over. Will you go to the hospital and pray for her? I said, sure. Went down there and prayed for her, laid hands on her, prayed, left. She left the hospital and started coming to church here. Now, here's the thing. What amazes me the most is how ungrateful people are. Jesus healed ten leopards. Ten. Only one come back to thank him. But guess what? He was made whole. The missing parts that he had, they weren't missing anymore. Jesus said, where's the other nine? See, God's good. He does things for people. He's just good. He's merciful. His mercy endures forever. You know, it's put up there Second Corinthians ten and fifteen. Second Corinthians ten and verse fifteen. Maybe I don't have it right. Okay, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope. When your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by your according to your rule abundantly. Your faith is increased. You see, your faith needs to grow. How, do you, how does your faith grow? By exercising it, by using it. Not just sitting around wishing something would happen, but doing what the Word says, making something happen. You know, when we was reading Mark eleven twenty two through 26, we was talking about if you have faith and say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast in sea and doubt not in your heart, it'll obey you. When the enemy attacks your body, you need to make sure your heart is right so that you can use your faith. Saying no, devil. You take your hands off my body. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God 
Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. I am, I is. It don't make no difference about the circumstances. Circumstances are only temporary. The circumstances don't ever change the Word of God. The Word of God's not going to change. But the Word of God will change the circumstances if you'll speak to them. See, you've got to open your mouth. You've got to speak to them. And you've got to use the Word of God. And you've got to use your faith to stop the devil from getting into your life. He came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. When you're in pain and you're sick, that's not good. That's not good. I've been in pain. Pain ain't good. Nobody wants to be in pain. But he bore. He bore our pain. You know, when we were uh, reading Acts, the 8th chapter, it said Philip went down and preached Christ unto him. Demons were coming out of many. People that were sick were healed. And then it says they believed and were baptized. So they were saved. They wouldn't have baptized them if they wasn't saved. And then it says, three days later, Peter and John came down and laid hands on them that they they might receive the Holy Ghost, that they might be filled with the Holy Ghost. The church needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do as I go on to the Father. The church needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, electricity went out my house. I was without electricity for three days. I um, washed my hair with cold water three days. I shaved once in three days with cold water. Had no light, no food in the morning, no coffee. Usually, I don't leave my house until I'm filled with the Spirit every day. Every day. You see, you're going to leak. A world out there is wicked. And it'll suck the life out of you if you let it. That's why it says refusing to let the world corrupt you. So what I do is I spend four hours in the morning. Usually it takes between three and four hours to get filled every day before I leave the house. I don't leave the house unless I'm filled. So... On, um, I know some people, they five minutes and they're filled, you know. Um, Hi, God, how you doing? Uh, give me all I can give me, me and Uncle Jimmy or whatever. And, but it takes time. You've got to sit with God. Things just don't happen. He's giving you authority. He wants you to rule and reign in this life. But you can't be lazy. So I spend between three and four hours with God. I know when I'm full, and when I'm full, I leave. But in those three days that I didn't have no electricity... About an hour or two, I get out of that house. It's getting warm. Ain't had nothing to eat. Ain't had no coffee. I don't wash my hair with cold water. And so an hour or two, I was half full. It wasn't enough. I know the difference between being half full and being full. But when the electricity came on, I had power. Today was the first day. Power. So, I got that shower. I got to shave with warm water. 
I got to spend four hours or more with the Lord with actually a fan and some air conditioning so I could be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And you need to do the works that He did. Nothing's changed about God. Nothing's changed in the Word of God. I want to say this. I listen to preachers on the radio when I get the opportunity to listen. And I like to hear uh, teachers of the Word of God and preachers of the Word of God. And I was listening to this one preacher that has been preaching for a lot of years. He's not here no more. And I, I love him and I respect him and, and I, still, I still listen to him teach. But when he gets over into the area of faith and tries to get over into the, the supernatural area, he don't know what he's talking about. He said this. He said, God allowed cancer to come on my body and he permitted it to stay. God allowed cancer to come on his body and permitted it to stay. What about him? What about me? He's given me authority. He's given me power. He said, behold, I give you power to thread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. What about us? God allowed cancer to come on his body and permitted him to stay. You want me to tell you what that was? That was the work of the devil. And he died. And then I heard another preacher that I, I respect. And he's, he's a great preacher. And I love to hear him teach. And still, see, here's what people will do. If they don't teach it or preach it exactly they, the way they like it, they'll cut them off. I don't do that. The only way I'll cut them off if they're, if they're, they're off and stay off and they live in the off. If they're preaching greasy grace or something, say you live any kind of way you want to and... Uh, uh, God don't care, you know, because grace is just, he don't care how you live. Well, there's no need me to listen to that mess. But people that are teachers of the word of God, I listen to them. And this preacher was preaching. And he said it takes more faith to stay sick than it does to be healed. They know nothing about faith or the gifts of the spirit. Because I want to tell you something. There's no truth in that whatsoever. It takes more faith to be sick. You're going to lay there and let the devil beat your brains out? What's that got to do with faith? Faith will rise up and speak to that dummy and tell you to get out of here, take your sickness, your disease, and your lies, and get out of here. You have no part with me. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I was healed. I was healed. I'm not waiting for him to heal me. I was healed. You have to possess what already been given to you. It's not just going to come to you. You'll die waiting for it to come to you. You have to possess it with your faith. And don't say you don't have faith. You've been dealt to, dealt to measure your faith. What are you going to do with it? You're going to believe the word of God? Or are you going to believe what circumstances says? The church needs to get back to doing the works of the kingdom of God. The devil don't want you to. But the Holy Spirit does. 
When my electricity came on, I had power. The Holy Ghost is your power. And when you let the electricity come on, you have power. And here's what the devil will do. People will get filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and the devil will come after them immediately and tell them to stop. And they'll listen to the devil. Don't ever quit praying in the Spirit once you get filled with the Holy Ghost. It says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. I pray in the Holy Spirit all the time. Even though those, those three days that I only had an hour or two before I left the house, even though I was half full, I still pray all day. But it's that feeling that I get before I leave the house to stay filled. See, you need to be filled. You need to stay filled. The just shall live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith. Childlike faith. Faith is a grain of mustard seed. I'm talking about just, just a little. That's all it takes. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.